City Sports Media, a podcast made by Kansas City fans for Kansas City fans. My name is Armando, aka Hot Take Mondo, and I am joined by Reese, aka Referee in a great pod today. Another Chiefs victory against the Raiders, and another bus lap pod. Actually, we should start calling whenever we we beat the Raiders. We should call it a bus lap pod. I mean, it, it'll work until the fact that there's not going to be any remaining player or coach or personnel from this team besides mark jackson in charge of the team next year <laughs> that's true no there has to like like colin farrell like the, and like alex leatherwood are going to be the only ones left because they drafted poorly and they have to make up for their poor draft picks sorry to say i did I say mark jackson i meant mark davis that's you said mark jackson but yeah, keep mark geez. jackson in why not i know right both <laughs> both were in oakland at the same time at one point i guess Ma- mama mama there goes that man dude i can see uh, i can see mark davis just like sitting up there with his bowl cut being like we're gonna build a team around hunter renfro he's a top three <laughs> receiver in the national football league all, all of a sudden the raiders draft julian edelman danny amendola oh 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 I guess the uh, the uh, buck stops there. I can't think of any more like-minded Hunter Renfro wide receivers. Cole Beasley, man. Can't forget about it. Oh, yeah, that's right. Cole Beasley. How could I forget? Yeah, just have all those guys out there and just run the old uh, lacrosse route or something. Yeah, just man. trying to make a joke because Danny Amendola played lacrosse. Of course he did. Danny and Amendola. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if, if that joke's going to make the pod, but we'll see. <laughs> Reese, before we, we start the pod and talk about the Raiders beatdown give us a quick social media blurb well ladies and gentlemen if you like what you hear on this podcast you can find us on instagram and facebook at fountain city sm or if you really like what you hear in this podcast and you want to subscribe to us on patreon we do take donations at patreon.com backslash f c s m where you'll have access to premium content, including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Excellent. Reese, I was going to talk about what did we do this week, but I actually have a pretty funny story to tell. Dude, late on me. I'm not related to sports or anything. It It was just kind of funny. So I'm driving in my car from Denver. I had a Christmas gig driving back over, and I was actually headed to the church that I sing at, and I'm also the the uh, choir director there at the cathedral in Colorado Springs. But I don't have the, uh, the uh, priest's number that runs the whole church. Mm-hmm. Lo and behold, I get a text, and the text says, Hey, Armando, I need you to do me a favor. Can you text me back? And then... It said, sincerely, Father, so-and-so. I'll leave all, all, all the names out for this story. Yeah. Um, and I don't have his cell phone number, and he would text me in this way. Like, like he's, he's, a, he's a very busy guy um, and a very kind of no, no-nonsense type of, of pastor at that church. So I'm like, okay, he would totally send a, a, a text like this. So I sent a text back, and I was like, Father, what can I do for you, um, or what's what's going on? Mm-hmm. And I called him, and it didn't go. It just went straight to voicemail. But the but but the text went like this: Hey, Armando, I'm pretty busy right now. Uh, wondering if you can help me out. I'm I'm serving these women at this hospital who have been diagnosed with cancer, 
and they need, um, or I'm trying to get them a Christmas present, and I would like to get them an iTunes or Apple card so then they can download their favorite music or download TV shows or whatever while they're in the hospital for treatment. Mm -hmm. So can you let me know if you can do this? Now, when, when you work at a church like this, you... You normally don't say no to requests like this, and this is actually a request that like could possibly happen. Mm -hmm. So I'm just like, huh? And I actually went. So so I so I go through with it, and I'm like, okay, you know, I'm I'm gonna help you out. I know you're a busy guy. Please let me know how many Apple cards you need and how much you need on them. And it was at this point that I knew Hot Take Mondo was being scammed because then he texts me back in the most broken English that was like, thank you, give me five Apple card for $100 and when you purchase them, flip the card and scratch the the uh, the uh, serial number in the back and text me a photo. I will reimburse you for everything. Thank you. <laughs> like, <laughs> Getting fished. Like, like whoever, who, whoever does these schemes, like passes it off to the next guy. Like it's like guy one talks and like gets you reeled in. Like, okay, we got this guy. Sends it over to another guy. And then they send it to this third party that just like doesn't know English at all. And it's like send Apple card, five, five Apple cards, $100. Dude, they got to work on their bullpen. <laughs> by the sounds of it it sounds like the starting Dude, pitcher I, had you I there for a minute i almost bought it like i was i was so close to going to cvs because he would totally do something like this if you if you ever meet this guy like he he literally would be like hey i need i need this and this like please go get it i'm super busy <laughs> so then so then what happens i know immediately it's a scam but to make sure i call someone else that works at the church and i'm like I'm like, hey, um, I got this weird message from uh, from father about like getting iTunes cards for him. Can you tell me what his cell phone number is? Because I, I don't think this is it. So he calls me back and he was like, yeah, don't text this guy. Other people today at church got the exact same message. Oh, wow. So like whoever these hackers are, are incredibly sophisticated to know that I work at that church to have my cell phone number because like I, I don't even think that I'm in the uh, the uh, parish directory like even though I'm at, like, in the congregation because of COVID yeah like I haven't put in my information there so like this was a sophisticated hack man <laughs> and apparently other, other people got it too and, and if I got coaxed into it like someone had to have bought someone had to have bought iTunes cards because I was like I was this close so then I sent a message back and I go well sir you've messed with the wrong guy because my mom works for the US Marshals and <laughs> and and they are going to be contacting you shortly oh my gosh did you get a response after that no I'm sure they deleted it oh. true story my mom does work for the US Marshals uh but not true story they they didn't investigate it dude that's a bummer that would have been so cool if you would have said you know if even if you couldn't have sent the u.s marshals if you would have sent longtime baltimore ravens and iowa hawkeye legend marshall yonda after them i bet he would have done it <laughs> shout out to marshall yonda front of the podcast
I wish Marshall Yanda was listening to the podcast. Friend of the podcast, though. Come c- come on, Marshall Yanda. Come on here and talk about some o- offensive line play and how the Chiefs are wonderful. We should tag him in this and just have him like, listen to me. Like, the Marshall Yanda story. Like, why did they tag me? And he's listening to this like whole story. He's like, why are they Are they trying to catfish me? And if, like, if he listens to the end, he'll be like, oh, they're calling me out. Sweet. Awesome. Yeah, I'll come on the show. <laughs> Marshall Yanda like finds my phone number. He's like, "Hey, so like, where where do I send these uh, Apple cards to?" <laughs> really, really, Coach Harbaugh, is that you? Really sorry about about what you're going through. Here you go. Yeah, it's it's terrible. It takes a toll on all of us. Anyway, so that was that was fun because I've like I get scammed all the time, but this one was like super sophisticated. And mm-hmm. um, so uh, round round of applause to the scammers for almost. Making me shell out five hundred dollars until you told me to turn the card around, scratch the serial number, and text it or and text you the the codes. Like, come on, just like have me meet you at like like right by the the actual church, and then like rob me there. <laughs> just like mug you. Yeah. So uh, I need you to uh, turn the card around, scratch it off, uh, tell me that number plus the last four of your social. <laughs> We cool totally for like church purposes totally church yeah, purposes. A- absolutely you know it's christmas after <laughs> anything all. anything fun for you reese any uh, any good stories this week jeepers not nearly that fun to be honest uh cuck, 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 uh, how's how, how's the house coming along everything's good there uh yeah apartment's coming along nicely i was uh mentioning you know we're, we're kind of on we're in the end game now i've just got a just got to mount the bikes in the office wall. Uh, got to get... Well, once the Christmas tree goes down to the front room, my record player can go sit in the front room where it's going to sit. And then we'll have the space to mount the bikes. And then once that's done, we can mount the TV. And then we can clean up the office. And the office will be 100% podcast fortress of solitude nice. built. Where where do you bike in Kansas City? Well, <laughs> if that's not the million-dollar question. Uh, you know, there are <laughs> trails... But I don't know where a bunch of them are. North Kansas City, where I live, is remarkably bike accessible. It's really weird because, like, a lot of NKC is a bunch of, like, old warehouses that, like, if you entered, you'd probably be in a Tony Hawk's Pro Skater level. But... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, well, this is cool. Yeah, this is awesome. Oh, it's it's Bucky Lassick. Hey, Bucky. Uh, No. (laughs) So I haven't heard that name in a thousand years. Wow. Yeah, neither is he. Um, but it, it's funny because <laughs> all this to say, it's, it's just like block after block after block of like old warehouses and, you know, like companies that either are there, question mark, or aren't there anymore. But they all have bike lanes. So it's like if I want to at any given point in time, I can just like hop my bike and just bike around North KC. But after a while, like weaving up and down the same, you know, like, I don't even know what it probably is, you know, like. 12 blocks down, 12 blocks back, probably like four lanes wide. You know, it's like it gets a little boring after a while. Uh, But I do know there are more bike trails kind of, well, for sure, more in the suburbs area. I just don't know where right now. So I'm I'm, I'm figuring that out. If you know any bike trails in the Kansas City area. Friends of the pod, shoot us a DM on Instagram. Shoot us a DM on Twitter on facebook and let us know where the cool bike trails are for reese and for a hundred dollars reese will wear a gopro yes and go all around these trails and rate the trails like our like our beer review system as he's biking exactly send us some bike trails 
get an iTunes gift card, scrape off the back, and send us the number on the back of that. <laughs> uh, flavor of this bike trail, uh, 2.4, dirt. <laughs> Awful. I would rather eat concrete than meat concrete. <laughs> All right. Speaking of eating concrete, Reese, I think we can safely say that our our fantasy team is kaput. But we are we're just rolling at the worst time, man. Like like we we have some players that are just reaching their apex. We got some free agents that we snag that are just going nuts. Unfortunately, we're losing. But of course, we'll talk about it as most of our fantasy league listens to this. So let's break down our game and then we'll break down the playoffs. Clyde and Prejudice that's us are smacking Herbie fully loaded that's Will Um, 123.4 to 95.72 things to feature from our team we got Taysom Hill who I told everyone not only on this podcast but I told everyone on our text chain to pick him up months ago we didn't need him because Jalen Hurts was the best quarterback in the NFL at that point Uh, but he sucks and now he's on a bye week Uh, so so we pick up Taysom Hill Remember, Taysom Hill did really poorly last week. I think he had four interceptions, but even with four interceptions, he was still like the third ranked corner quarterback in the NFL for fantasy. I forget how many points. I think like 29 points because of his legs. So there you go. And then this week, a beautiful game. I mean, they're, they're still awful, but a beautiful game for us. 264 yards passing with two touchdowns. Uh, which was great. So he had, what did he have? 26.3 points for us against the New York Jets. Other people that we want to feature, let's see, Chris Godwin, just he just keeps rolling, dude. 15.5 points. T. Higgins, 13.9 points. <laughs> I had, uh, Reese, actually, you don't know this, but um, so when, when TJ Hawkinson went down on Saturday, mm-hmm. I was looking at people to um, switch him with, and I found his backup because the week prior, Jared Goff passed his backup a touchdown. I forgot who it was. So I actually put him in on Saturday. I don't know if you saw it. And then like Saturday night, I was just at home and I was watching TV and I was like, I was like, do I really want to start that dude? So then I like went back and I was like, huh, I was like, Austin Hooper kind of sucks, but eh, who knows? He might score a touchdown. Austin Hooper scores a touchdown, 11.5 points, but I almost put in this guy. I don't even remember his name, but he was, he was TJ Hawkinson's backup. He probably had a negative three point game that day. What? Uh, hold on. Why did we put Fryermuth in? Well, 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 because Fryermuth was the uh, the uh, Thursday night game, so T.J. Hawkinson uh, was already in there, and he was injured on Saturday. So I gotcha. We we would have had Fryermuth, but it didn't matter because Hooper got more points, baby. Yeah, man, got a hoop, hoop to hoop. Uh, Chubb. Chubba Chubba Choo Choo, 9.3 points there from from Chubba Hubbard, just rolling. And then, of course, the ever-present Justin Tucker, 15 points. Um, question, Will. What, okay, so Will was baiting us, right? And was like, right. hey, since you're starting Taysom, we should start Cam. S- like, as a joke, but I didn't know it was a joke. I thought Cam was his only option. Scrolling down, he had Justin Herbert this whole time. What? So he was doing it just to mess with us. Starts Cam Newton because he knows he's making the playoffs. But like, if if we look at the playoff standings, there's still th- there's there's going to be three eight and six teams. 
So he he literally just screwed up his chances, and he's probably going to have to play Stone Cold Chief Austin. Oh no! Pride cometh before the fall. Thou shalt not stunt until thou hast been stunted on first. Uh, Moses Reese coming out of nowhere. <laughs> Yo, can I, I, I like Moses Reese. Yeah, I, th- I think the coolest athletes were named Moses, like Moses Malone. <laughs> <laughs> tj moses hey all right um okay i, I just want to say every athlete named kobe was just fire hold on all right here we go uh kobe bryant uh kobe jones la galaxy represent thank you oh there you go that's right uh, different spelling <laughs> I, man i can't think i can't believe i can't think of any other moses named athletes uh, that's, uh, there's there's moses brown right now in the nba but he's not that great yeah i know there's abraham moises from the <laughs> east west bowl there you go yeah anyway <laughs> well that that was a good that was a good segment <laughs> Thank you for my okay, name. Wait, game let's, let's talk. Let's talk about the 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 uh, projected. Okay, yeah, because look, it's um, it's Stone Cold Chief Austin at number one with twelve and one. Okay, and then a three way tie for eight and six. Actually, I think Michael Zang is going to be nine and five. But but Herbie fully loaded and Karen Rogers are both going to be eight and six. And right now, Karen Rogers is fourth and Will is third. So because Will played Cam Newton, actually, I think he still would have lost to us. But, I mean, he's basically sacrificing his third for fourth. And now he's going to have to face Stone Cold Chief Austin for his little game he's trying to play with us. So take that, Will. <laughs> We're like week 17, Matt Moore coming in, throwing four touchdowns when it doesn't matter. But you know what? Matt Moore still loves it. And so does Clyde and Prejudice. You know it. And hey. So it's probably going to end up so i think we're going to be in like a four-way tie for seven and seven with uh fort wayne i think with kyle because kyle lost yeah just let that sink in everybody who might finish seven and seven we started the season like oh and six and we still caught up to (laughs) all of you so that that's true and and essentially we're all like in fifth place yeah yeah Plus, we scored the most points out of every seven and seven team. If I'm looking at this correctly, ergo. Oh yeah, I mean they haven't they haven't updated it yet, but we're still going to be ranked second in points. Therefore, I demand a executive order from the commissioner to change the playoff <laughs> format and uh, squeeze us into our own playoffs. What if what if I did that? What if what if I like put only us and like are like patreon couldn't <laughs> we actually put jordan like we like make make jordan a fake team and put him in the playoffs and it's just him and all these like free agents that are still out there we just we just make them a <laughs> makeshift team here you go trust us yeah start start these guys yeah chad chad hey, Henny's so your boy. You're, you're gonna start uh, johnny smith rashawn bateman oh. juju smith schuster and jason bateman jalen rager robert tunyon oh Tim Patrick. Dude, that, that would be an interesting style of playoffs. It's like, all right, you made the playoffs. Now you have to dump your entire team and like make the best waiver wire team you can. Oh, yeah. Essentially, you could do anything. There's, there's, I don't know if I've talked about it on the podcast, but I think I've talked about it without the podcast, the, uh, the, the Vampire League, where one person doesn't draft and then they pick up all free agents. And then if they beat you in a week, they get to pick up your best player or or they essentially get to pick their player if if the, if they beat you. 
That's pretty sweet. So that's that's a that's a pretty fun league. Yeah, man, I should do that. I'm all or about even that. A, even a dynasty league. This is a it's been a fun league. We're, we're not going to make the playoffs, but we will keep you all posted as to who makes the playoffs. And because we love ourselves, we will keep you posted on our loser consolation bracket. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> even though it's it's more of like the biggest loser consolation bracket because. <laughs> You know, is we're the biggest loser, baby. Speaking about the biggest losers, the Raiders are continually the biggest losers in the NFL, and we love to see it and love to be a part of it. The Chiefs smack the Raiders 48 to 9 on a Sunday afternoon when the Raiders just had a wonderful time on our logo pregame. Reese, why don't you uh, instant reaction when you saw that the Raiders did that pump up dance? On our logo in pregame, led by Yannick Ningakwe. Well, like, I was finishing up some of my closing duties at church, so I was, like, super surprised when my buddy texted me that photo. I'm like, is this real or is this, like, a screen cap from something? And he's like, nah, man, they're just out there, like, stomping on the logo. And I'm like, yo, that's some Baker Mayfield OU stuff, like, planting the flag in the middle of, (laughs) you know, the, the middle of the other team's logo or... You know, Juju Smith-Schuster last year doing all of his dumb TikToks, you know. In the oh, yeah, the fields. TikToks. Yeah. So it's like, guess what? That has never worked out well for anybody in the history of ever. Why would you do that now, particularly <laughs> against a team that's fighting for home field advantage while you are fighting for your lives? And, like, had they done... Okay. Had they beaten us in Arrowhead last year, which they did, and then, like... They had beaten us in Las Vegas this year, and then they decided to do that to like try to make a statement, be like, "Yo, we're taking three or four against you guys." I'm like, oh man, this is so intimidating, but it's not. It was dumb, and guess what? I, I love the crying Jordan meme someone made of all those dudes standing in the midfield stripe because, like, that's, <laughs> yeah, that was great. That's exactly what it turned into. If yeah, exactly, if if the Raiders had something to like be proud about, or if they had done something different in their playbook to say we got you, Chiefs, then I understand you like trying to pump the team up to then expose something that we had. But again, you lose to the Washington Football Team the week before. You narrowly beat the Cowboys when the Cowboys were decimated by COVID. You lose to the Bengals 32 to 13 the week prior. You lose to us the last time we played 41 to 14, and then the week prior to that you lost to the Giants 23 to 16. What in your right mind? Gave you the idea that this was going to be good. This was going to pump up the team. I mean, it was an embarrassment from the very first play. The football gods saw the Raiders jump on the logo. They saw Derek Carr run away in fright. In fact, I did see Derek Carr. He was the very first person to leave the huddle because he was like, come on, guys, let's get out of here. Um, The football gods saw it. They went to their couches and laughed because on the very first play, Reese, Josh Jacobs gets the run. Then uh, Chris Jones comes out of nowhere, force fumbles, scooped up by Mike Hughes for the touchdown. Mike Hughes wasn't even meant to play that game. Of course, LeJarius Sneed was out. Uh, prayers to his family, as all you know. Uh, LeJarius Sneed's brother got killed on Saturday, so he uh, was away. Um, so anyways, prayers to him, but Mike Hughes took his place, and Mike Hughes just outstanding game. But Reese, how how great was it to see that Josh Jacobs fumble very first play? 
play of the game. Well, again, I was at church, so I'm just getting updates from people that are like sending stuff like, I can't believe that just happened, or like, what an embarrassing thing, or we just scored on the first play of the game. So I'm like, oh, cool. Pat must have thrown like a deep ball or something. Like, no, Raiders just like fumbled scoop and score. And that, that kind of set the tone for the rest <laughs> of the day and my experience watching that game because I drove back probably what was it like early second quarter and it was like 14 nothing we had just like received a punt you know deep in our own territory and i mean i kid you not like no sooner do i like park the car get out walk up to my apartment get the tv turned on but we're up 21 nothing and i'm just like how is this possible what is going on here (laughs) it's like every time i turned around in the first half the raiders did something to shoot themselves in the foot it was hilariously embarrassing (laughs) yeah so let me uh let me backtrack a bit, talk about the score, and then we're going to talk about the defense. So in the in these two games that we've beat the Raiders, the 89 points scored by the Chiefs are the most by either team in the 62-year rivalry with the Raiders. Wow. Toppling the 85 points scored by the Dallas Texans in 1961. So that's how far this streak, or this is how far those points goes. I mean, just an absolute decimation. It was like the Raiders did the exact same playbook with the exact same results. For some reason, they thought it was going to be different, but it ended up just being so much better for Patrick Mahomes. But before we talk about that, Reese, let's go back to Sack Nation. Reese, do you think that Sack Nation is back? Let me read one thing for you. The Chiefs pressured Derek Carr on 45% of his dropbacks yesterday chris jones had 10 frank clark had eight combined that's 18 pressures just from them two so since week eight chris jones leads the nfl in pressures with 39 while frank clark not too far behind him ranks fifth at 28 reese is hashtag sack nation back i think we've been waiting for this sack nation or at least this iteration of it since we acquired frank clark before the 2019 season you know it's i think we expected the two-man havoc crew with those guys you know in company for the last few years and we just haven't seen it you know this year being the biggest most obvious most blatant dry spell but i don't know is, is it seriously just adding melvin ingram in there was like the missing ingredient the chemical <laughs> x to these powerpuff girls and now they're just like lighting everybody on fire. Because, you know, I called it Chris Jones earlier in the year. And again, PBR apology for that. But, I mean, he, he is playing like an Aaron Donald, TJ Watt, you know, complete game buster for the last few weeks. And it's incredible. And I love it. He's there on like every play. It's like he's having fun. I think what attributes to the Melvin Ingram success or this like enigma that when he got here, now we're the best defense to ever live, is that Chris Jones did move into the inside and now he's defensive tackle, right? Which is something that we talked about. But it really shouldn't be understated because when you have... When you have Chris Jones and you have Melvin Ingram side to side, that speaks volumes, right? Because then you can't double team Chris. You can't double team Melvin Ingram because you got these two guys, which makes then this domino effect of whoever's on the line, whether it's Alex Okafor, whether it's Tershawn Morton, whether it's Jaron Reed. All these people are going to be sandwiched in between Frank Clark and sandwiched in between 
Chris Jones. So we saw Tershawn Wharton eat. We saw um, Alex Okafor eat. Sorry. I know that um, that was towards the end of the game, but still, like we're seeing just amazing production from the defensive line that we've been waiting for that we said was our strong suit. And I think it all revolves around Chris Jones coming back to defensive tackle, looking just super fast. Like he just didn't look fast when he was playing on defensive end which is what we're seeing from frank clark i was looking at a couple plays that were broken down by again uh seth kaiser where frank clark just like within seconds gets contact and then does this super quick spin right and then immediately gets to the quarterback because that spin also gains him yards on the quarterback i mean just super beautiful to watch sack nation is back this also might be one of the best defensive defensive performances that i've ever seen from the chiefs i mean i'm trying to go back and think of a defensive decimation um even though we've had great games for the past like you know i don't know six weeks they haven't been like what we saw today and i'm i'm even going back to 2020 reese oh yeah and i don't i don't remember something this dominant so i'm gonna say sack nation is back baby we look great our defensive line is elite that's right we are elite yeah and i know we haven't played like elite teams fine but like the raiders were still trying to fight for a playoff spot like they they weren't phoning it in um who else have we played cowboys were the number one scoring offense and we played them a few weeks back Look, Broncos were apparently no scrubs. Um, Washington was fine. And then before all this happened, we also faced the Browns. So, so yeah, man. Look, we, we haven't played the most elite, but we have shown to be great. Yeah. No, absolutely. I think this defensive line is... Well, I think this defensive line is kind of a microcosm of the defense as a whole. Which, as you alluded to, even when we won the Super Bowl in the 2019-2020 season... I think that was a serviceable defense that leaned towards good as opposed to like an actual good defense. And the way the defense is playing right now is a good defense. You know, there's really not a true weakness at any level of that unit anymore. The defensive line, you definitely trust with all the talent they have. Willie Gay is finally staying healthy and getting in there. Nick Bolton's getting comfortable. And I think Anthony Hitchens is playing very serviceably. You get into the safeties. I mean, Tyron Matthew and Juan Thornhill speak for themselves. And then we kind of have a, a rotating cast of cornerbacks that, you know, some are better than others. We got guys like Sneed, but even guys like Hughes and Baker, when they produce, it just shows how deep they are. So, you know, pick your poison. Where are you going to attack on this team right now? Yeah, I mean, it. I think yesterday also shows kind of talking about your point is that even without luxurious need you still have guys like mike hughes who is considered our fourth corner right making spectacular plays two two force fumbles you know Mm -hmm. or or one one pickup for a touchdown and one really good force fumble by hunter renfro who showed to be no scrub i mean as much as we made fun of him beginning of the pod he's good (laughs) he's a pretty good uh pretty pretty good wide receiver so it was great to see guys like mike hughes who we might not even see in the playoffs or if we ever make the super bowl knock on wood he might not even have a snap because he's so far down on the depth chart. So it's great to see guys like that. And that tells you that that locker room is so solid now 
you know, that you have guys just connecting on all cylinders and guys connecting on the bottom of the depth chart and all cylinders. I mean, I don't want to jump the gun here, but we probably won't talk about Derek Gore, but even going all the way down to Derek Gore. I mean, Derek Gore having an amazing game as well on the, on the time that he had. Like, this this team looks great, Reese. And, and we can talk about... No, screw it. Let's talk about it now, Reese, before we go into the beer interview. Reese, are we the team to beat in the NFL? Uh, in the NFL right now, I can't say we are. I need the offense to play like this more consistently. And I think the big elephant in the room, which I still don't understand... Is this year the Raiders have twice proclaimed before the games, yeah, we're not going to play cover two on defense. And what's happened? They've gotten like (laughs) obliterated twice. I don't know if it's some sort of hubris thing or just like they don't know how to play cover two, which is super ironic to me because isn't that how they got us last year at Arrowhead? Weren't they the first team to start throwing in those cover two looks that really stymied our offense? And like the rest of the league really didn't do it until Tampa did it. But like that was kind of patient zero in that cover two. So why they would go away from the formula that seems to be slowing down our all-star offense, I couldn't tell you. So all this to say, I really need to see our offense do this against other teams that are not going to be hitting us with cover two all game. And if they can, and if they can play this smooth, calm, collected, and comfortable where everybody seems to be contributing, then I think in that case, then yes, we are the team to beat the NFL. But I'm going to need to see more of that before I put any sort of investment in the penny stock. Now, the only reason why I bring up that question is not only because of the hot streak that we're on, but because of the cold streak that everyone else in the league seems to be on. Like, at least in the AFC, I can't name someone else that is just, like, on a roll, you know? Like, anyone, I'm oh, except for the, uh, the uh, Patriots, nah. right? Patriots are the only ones that I would say they're on a roll, Look, am I afraid of a Bill Belichick offense that is predicated on a two running back system with Mac Jones maybe throwing three passes in the entire game? I don't think so, Reese. So even though they're on a hot streak, in the AFC at least, I feel very comfortable with our chances. Now, in the NFC... We, we never know what version of the Packers we're going to see. Um, I'm assuming if we ever play them head-to-head in a playoff setting, a.k.a. the Super Bowl, I'm sure they're going to bring their best offense. And then the, uh, the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, am I afraid? Sure. Sure, I'm afraid. But they have been playing, I mean, they've been playing okay recently, right? They, they go toe-to-toe with the Buffalo Bills. We can do a whole different pod about what happened in that game. But I mean, nothing that, no one in this league is just on fire other than us, which is why I put them, dare I say, you know what? I'm saying it. Chiefs are the Super Bowl favorites, and you have to show me otherwise in the next three games that they're not. Well, come come see me, Chargers. Come see me on Thursday. I was going to say, they're going to have a huge measuring stick coming up this Thursday when we have to go out to SoFi Stadium to play the Chargers for what will probably be the AFC West title game. Oh, totally. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be great. Stay tuned, ladies and gentlemen, for that game, because we are going to be front and center talking all sports about the Chargers and seeing what's going to happen there. But we'll talk about that later in the podcast. For now, Reese, all this is making me thirsty. So why don't we crack open some beers and do a beer review, baby? All right, let's do it.
and gentlemen, we are back with your favorite segment, This Week in Craft Beer and the Beer Review. And it's it's your favorite segment, not because of the beer, but because of the last week's segment, which is getting so much buzz on TMZ, social media, um, Reuters, AP, just so much crazy stuff that we, we broke this butterfly IPA scandal. Now this brewery is actually, no, I'm just kidding. I was going to make up this joke about it, but I don't want to get sued. Um, just kidding, but that was fun. If you guys didn't see it, make sure you go back to our last episode to hear about the butterfly IPA butterfly kisses <laughs> <laughs> and this week Reese what are we going to learn about craft beer well we are learning not really much anything this is a glorified beer connoisseur's version of BuzzFeed by which I mean we're, we're nearing the end of 2021 and I like looking at these lists my dad likes sending me these lists uh, but this is craft beer and brewing the 20 best beers in 2021 so I, I like countdown lists we're not gonna like wax poetic about every single one but these appear to be in no particular order they're just listing 20 of them so would you mind if we get rolling let's do it they have green cheek it just works from orange california uh which hmm. go figure it is an ipa cool 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 one of just a few 100 point beers this year it Just Works is a masterclass in subtlety and expression. Okay, cool. Uh, next one up. Oh, from your boys, Armando. Weldworks Starry Noche. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah man. Starry Noche is great. You got to I mean, Hot take, actually. I was one of the first people on the staff to say Starry Noche was going to be a banger because it was so sweet that a lot of people, when they first got it in the brewery, said it was way too sweet, too sugary, like no one was going to like it. Mm-hmm. It was too much of like a, um, and you know, someone that doesn't drink beer. It was too much of like that type of palate. But I was like, nah, this is some tasty stuff. And yeah, now it's one of the best beers in America. Wow. So you can thank me, Sensory Panel. That's super cool. It says it uh, it captures the expected macaron notes and Samoa cookie while layered threads of caramel bridge the sweeter top notes and roasty nilla notes. Now I got to ask, what's the difference between Starry Noche and the Media Noche you gave me? So Starry Noche has so much more adjuncts in it. The um, the uh, Media Noche only has like three different prominent flavors where Starry Noche will like has so much more um, cocoa nib in it. It has so much more marshmallow. I mean, we're talking like like 20 different adjuncts that they put in there. So you like think of anything that is super sweet that you can put in beer they essentially put into this barrel i also think that they aged it longer than they do the media noche but media noche for example goes on the market for like 150 200 a bottle starry noche goes for 400 to 500 a bottle oh. it's ridiculous ridiculous oh my goodness okay i gotta ask are craft beers the original NFTs? <laughs> I mean, it's definitely not as abstract as NFT, but um, if you want to say like cliche and or like super subculture, yeah, absolutely. Just being sold way <laughs> above market value. Okay. I mean, yeah, because because in like in those bottles are only thirty dollars if you buy them at you know there at Weldworks, but because of the rarity item of them, they are so much more. Well, uh, continuing on the list, uh, we have Triple Crossing, One and the Same, 
Interesting. Okay, cool. Next up, we have True Gold from Breakside out of Portland, Oregon. Uh, I've heard of Breakside. Uh, Static God from Resident, sorry, Resident Culture. That's hard to say for some reason. Uh, <laughs> Resident Culture is good. I think we've reviewed Resident Culture on this pod. Out of Charlotte, North Carolina. I know, I, I didn't review. Maybe you did or someone else did but yeah i think i think i did at one point anyway continue cool 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 uh red globe peach from wild provisions meets and bounds out of boulder colorado okay what yeah (laughs) and orange is orange and tastes like orange how do you describe a peach peachy (laughs) or do you use close relatives such as apricot or the more generic stone fruit okay can you name that brewery one more time wild provisions Meets and bounds, and meets is spelled M E T E S. M E T E S. Mm-hmm. What the heck? Yeah, unless it's unless the brewery is Wild Provisions and Meets and Bounds Red Red Globe Peach. It's it's hard because like they don't have a oh, Wild Wild Provisions is the brewery. I think. Yeah, I think so. It's kind of weird because like they really don't differentiate it. It'd be like if. It'd be like if they had Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat and you're like, oh, the beer is called Boulevard Unfiltered Wheat, you know, like, oh, no, the brewery is yeah. Boulevard and the beer is yeah, Unfiltered Wheat. it's called wheat. Wild Provisions Beer Project. I've never heard of these guys before. What the hell? Sounds like well, they're ripping uh, off Hopfish. Another, <laughs> well, another brewery. I have to check out then. Cool. Well, uh, continuing the, cr- the move down, we are at uh, Crossfade by Oxbow. I've heard of Oxbow before. I've never had Crossfade. Uh, postcard pills out of Green Beach Brewery in St. Petersburg, Florida. Man, that uh, Florida beer scene's quietly starting to rev up a little bit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, they got some good stuff down there. Shout out to Florida, all the good parts of Florida. A tropical Envy from Vitamin C, S-E-A, collaboration with Civil Society Brewing out of East Weymouth, Massachusetts. Okay. Nice. Very nice. Uh, moving on down, we have <laughs> out of Maplewood Brewery, we have barrel aged cup of vanilla rye. It's a. Uh, it's hard seeing the word. Cup. I wonder what that tastes like. I know, right? Uh, it's another Chicago brewery. Armando. Okay, we have to make a Chicago pilgrimage to try all these different craft beers that are coming out of there. Because it was just like a year ago, you and I were like, I'm not sure like what the beer scene's like in Chicago, but it sounds like it's alive and very healthy. Yeah, yeah, there's like two or there are like three or four of them that are like super, super good. I was just out there a month ago. I didn't get to go, but um, what is it? Uh, I actually know someone at at Revolution Brewery out in like Lincoln Park that we can hit up too. Very nice. Oh, yeah, Revolution's good. Didn't did they do uh, what do we have from Revolution on this show? I don't think I had anything from Revolution. Hang tight one second. No, we we had that other one. We had Ninja and Meets whatever from Chicago. That, that was Pipeworks. Pipeworks. Yeah, we've had Pipeworks. Pipeworks. So anyway, uh, well, uh, ladies and gentlemen of the podcast, I am very distraught and upset because I am now being met with a paywall notice on this, <laughs> which is regosh dang ridiculous. Because normally they'll give you like one and be like, okay, paywall time. They let you get, hold on, hold on. They let you get one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight beers into the article before they put up the paywall. (laughs) That doesn't make me want to continue reading the article. That makes me mad and never want to subscribe to beer and brewing. That's just frustrating, dude. That's, That's weak. 
Ah, <laughs> oh. that's actually funny. Yep. So, l- ladies and gentlemen, this is this is live theater here. We are we're rolling with the punches. We are not going to do the paywall. But for our next podcast, if you want to contribute to our Patreon, then we can afford to uh, mid article pay for <laughs> pay for paywalls to read the end of the article on the podcast. You know what makes this more frustrating is I was linked to this through Reddit. <laughs> And you see this all the time in like the sports subreddits where they're like, oh, check out this article. And it takes you to the athletic. And it's like, ah, oh, who has an athletic subscription? But at least the athletic has the decency to tell you up front, I'm not looking for a relationship or anything serious right now. Here's the paywall. The fact that I got eight beers down into this article before they hit me with the paywall infuriates me to no end what if i just uh oh yeah no i have the same thing (laughs) i was gonna say what if i go on the article and just skip to like the first page and i don't read the other pages no but it's all like one long page i see it now it's all one long page so like whoever linked that in you have to have it in the title be like subscription article or like paywall article. Or there has to be a Robin Hood who copy pastes the entire thing in the comments section. <laughs> Enough with that. We at Fountain City Sports Media will always strive to keep our content high quality and free and never hiding behind a paywall. Book it. All right, Reese. Well, uh, anyway... Make sure you uh, subscribe to our podcast so we can afford to get a membership at Beer and Brewing. Reese, who needs them because we have the best palates in America? And what are you going to, what knowledge are you bestowing on us today? Well, you know, a friendly website's never going to let you get halfway through an article and then hit you with a paywall. And a good friend is going to hook you up with some good beer. That's right. This week, I will be drinking Ring Around the Goza, a gift from our friend Jordan Bachman. Shout out Jordan Bachman. Uh, this is Shout out Jordan. This is a Goza with passion fruit and pink guava. And it was also the World Beer Cup 2018 Bronze Award winner. So I'm oh great! I'm very excited. I forget you're not huge into kettle sours, are you? No, not a sour guy, unfortunately. Oh, hey. I'm only a sweet guy. Only a sweet guy is Armando. Okay, anyway, without further ado, Armando, while I pour this beer in the glass, why don't you talk our viewers or listeners into how we rate beers on the show? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we rate our beers in one, two, three, four, five, six categories. And we rate them from 0 to 10. 0 being the worst, 10 being the best. And Reese, the first category that we do is aroma. So tell us, Reese, now that you've poured that into a glass, what's the aroma on this Goza? It smells very sour. It smells like a, a little bit of that buttered popcorn, sea salty brininess you get from a lot of Gozas. Also... I'd say a lot of fruit notes on there. I don't know if it says, no, it says passion fruit. So it, it, it smells kind of pineapple-y. The case in point is it smells very tropical. But all things considered, if I sniffed this without knowing it was a Goza, I'd be able to tell you it was a Goza. So for that reason, aroma on this beer gets a nice solid nine. All right. Nine out of the gates, true to its style. 
Secondly, we have appearance, Reese. How does that look? It looks very translucent from here. A pretty nice color from my end. You know, it's actually a, a little bit hazier than most ghosts I've had in the past. It had a pure white head, which receded very quickly. Uh, the remaining bubbles are very fine and contributing to the lace of the beer. I would say it has a very uh, pastel yellow hue to it. Can't see a whole lot of carbonation going on in the beer, but I have to tell you what, this looks very, very tasty and drinkable. So let's keep rolling. That's a nice 8.8 uh, .8 on appearance. Nice, 8.8. .8. And then we have our favorite category, flavor, Reese. How does that sour, tasty goza taste for you? Ooh, baby. That is one dang delicious goza. Ooh. Now, with a lot of these lighter sours, it's very hard to get like a complete flavor in the sense of a lot of times they can taste thin, the flavor is disjointed, uh, you know, as was the case with I think that Distill goes I had where it, it had a decent front flavor to it, but it had that really like incredibly weird over like overtly saltiness to the back, which I know I know goes us have salt, but it was like it affected my mouth feel like just like how salty it was in the back. This is one fantastic complete sip by sip. You get on the very front of your tongue, you get some of that fruit sweetness. And as it goes to the back, it kind of blossoms up and you taste a lot of that passion fruit and guava. Not overwhelmingly sweet, but it tastes like very natural fruit. You also get that nice sea salty tanginess. Not so much of that butter flavor you get in a lot of gozas, but this is very delicious. I think it would be a good recommendation to people that aren't sure if they like sours, and I think they'd have this and be into it. So I'm gonna give flavor on this Goza another nine. Oh my goodness. This is this is having some great reviews. I may need to try this, Reese. Have a little sip of that sour. You got some extra ones over there? Uh, you know I do. You know I keep that thing on me. <laughs> well, please let me know when the uh, when the apartment warming is happening, and I'll I'll be right over there. I'll be like, yeah, dude, this apartment looks great. Now wear those gozas because I'm about to get a little sour. <laughs> nice. All right, so we got a great flavor. How about mouthfeel, Reese? A little tangy in the mouth. It's much more sparkling in the mouth than it looks in the glass. Definitely a very fine carbonation to it. Uh, I would say a light mouthfeel in terms of viscosity, closer to water than juice even. What's interesting is because of the fruit notes, you know how like different parts of your tongue pick up different aspects of flavor? Like, what is it? The the sides of your tongue pick up bitterness and sour. It's like the, the meat of your right. tongue is sweet, whatever. Uh, yeah, mm -hmm. it's, it's funny because you can like feel the different parts of your tongue get triggered at different times as you drink this. And I think it's because you get the fruit sweetness mixed in with the saltiness on the back. So that's a fun mouthfeel experience. It's a uh, it's a very full mouthfeel experience. So if you want something you can just sip and kind of forget about, this might not be the beer for you. But otherwise, it's very pleasant. Uh, not too overbearing. I'm going to give it an 8.1 on mouthfeel. Solid, solid 8.1. All right, then we have aftertaste, Reese. Going back down, any changes in the flavor, any prominence in flavor? Um, I would say 
you might be getting a little bit more of the fruit sweetness on the way down and the way back up you get some more of like what i would describe as the rind or pithy bitterness of the fruit which isn't a bad thing i mean you, you know when you chop down an orange you know or you chop down far on a watermelon and it's like the flavor's there but it's a little bit more earthy and bitter and all that that's kind of what you get in the aftertaste of this otherwise not a whole lot of difference between going down and going up uh consistency is key let's give this 8.1 on aftertaste all right 8.1 no sevens on this guy a solid beer and to end the categories list we have bdq which is basically how great is this beer how cool is this is this beer bdq stands for big are you asking me uh, I was trying to think of something I can't, man. I'm really bad at trying to get these acronyms going. Big Dominance, quit stomping on our logo. Love it. There you go. See, look, Reese is so quick with everything, man. All right. Big Dominance, quick stomping on our logo. So, Big Dominance, quick stomping on our logo, also known as the Big Stonks Drinkability Quotient. Uh, first, I got to start with can art. I like the shade of pink that's on here. It's like a magenta-ish hot pink, and I like the very minimalist ring designs. So in a world that has street art and spray paint art and all those things adorning cans that like overload your senses, having a nice basic abstract piece of pink on a can is nice. Uh, also, as I mentioned, this would be a good sour to give to people that say, I don't like sours. Uh, that's not being you. That's just people in general. Uh, but <laughs> I have a much deeper voice than that. Reese. I don't like sours. Uh, so <laughs> that was beautiful. What I'm getting at with this is gozes are not easy to make. Gozes and burliner vices are very easy to like balance it in one direction way too far to overcompensate and all these other things having a very well balanced mm -hmm. goza like this is kind of a rare thing and that's one thing that i miss from boulevard is we used to do a hibiscus goza that was just like perfectly balanced oh yeah i think i tried that that was great oh my goodness that was good uh we've also done a tequila lime barrel goza in the past that was very well balanced all these things to say is as much as i love gozas they're not necessarily something i would go to it like you know tom thumbs brewery in the middle of nowhere and like give it a try because yeah no definitely don't want to do that you know there's a <laughs> lot of art that goes along with this science yeah so not a whole lot of places to hide flavor all this to say bdq on this beer this is very high quality i would probably say one of the best in its class from jd power and associates gonna give this an 8.7 bdq nice all right so high eights and nines for this beer sounds like a great one reese you know even though i don't enjoy gozas that much this is something that i think i want to try and i will try next time i see you so save one for me reese <laughs> and talking about gozas you're right like it's uh, i think a lot of breweries like microbreweries right the the kettling process is so different than the actual brewing a lager or brewing an ipa you have to shell out a lot of money to make that process good even if you start to use lactose in your sours which is prominent in a lot of sours um, then you're going to have to also find a pasteurizer for stuff like that as well so i mean breweries that don't look like they're shelling out a lot of money and have gozas on their menu you probably don't want to have them because quality control is like 
super crazy on sours because a uh, beer can get infected really easily. So yep. uh, steer clear from people that don't look like they invest in their brewery. <laughs> All right. And with that, let's talk about the Chiefs who have invested so much in their offense. from a lovely beer review segment um, and half of a this week in, in craft beer because of the dang paywalls but we are back because we don't make you pay for this podcast we we don't even sample the first half and then make you pay in the middle of the podcast we're giving you the whole thing now just like the Chiefs gave us the whole thing in that game defense and offense Patrick Mahomes 20 for 24 258 yards passing two touchdowns and of course we had a bevy of great contributor contributors yesterday we had daryl williams we had ceh we had a, a lovely smattering of kelsey along with of course tyree kill four receptions 76 yards and reese no turnovers i want mm. to talk about that briefly before we go on so reese it looks like you know we talked about it being an enigma right the turnovers we had no explanation for it i was saying that it was the madden curse um because truly right our defense was not broken and we've been saying that for weeks it's not a broken or sorry not defense offense our, our offense is not broken so i think finally reese we are regressing to the mean and the mean being great for us so after losing the turn turnover battle in six consecutive games uh, beginning in week three against the Chargers. The Chiefs have now won the turnover battle in five consecutive games. Part of the turnaround can be attributed to luck, but inevitably, regression to the mean. Kansas City's sudden opportunistic unit has created 13 turnovers we're talking about the defense um, in the past five games. So that could also be the reason why we're winning the turnover battle. But Reese, we're not seeing a lot of tip plays anymore. Are things all good now? Are we all squared away in Mahomes land? No, I don't think we're all squared away in Mahomes land just yet. Uh, I'm not going to lay that curse out to pasture just yet. Now that 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 really feels to me like, you know, something that gets magically fixed in the off season sort of thing. Kind of like kind of like in 2018 when we had those few good games toward the middle end of the year with the defense we're like maybe the defense is turning it around and then like the playoffs happen and just get back, you know, go back to getting pasted again. Uh, but it is worth noting, like you said, the defense has 13 turnovers in the last five games. That's what, approximately two and a half turnovers per game that were taken sure. away? That's huge, baby. That's huge. You you want to say those are all field goals. That's at least an extra touchdown worth of points. Um, you know, I, I think you are onto something in regards to no longer having any tip trills. And I think that's a big story of what happened this week was Pat was hitting dudes right in the hands. And they were catching it. They weren't tipping it up and having to picked off. And they could just keep the ball moving and keep momentum going. And they weren't shooting themselves after a long, sustained drive, you know, fumbling it or turning it over on their 17-yard line. Yeah, I think I think it's a combination of that, right? We're not seeing those tips. But also we're seeing Patrick Mahomes go back to his 
playbook. And when I say his playbook, I mean he's rolling out a lot more frequently, but not rolling out because of pressure, but rolling out because he sees something and it maybe distracts the linebackers, which then opens up Tyreek in the middle of the field or opens up Kelsey in the slant. I mean, I like I like it because we talked about this last week, Reese, about the battle between EB and the battle between Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and their style of playbook, right? We are assuming in a, a like a pretty good assumption that EB is a part of this conservative playbook, while Patrick Mahomes is the one that wants to sling it, and Andy's maybe giving him some more time to do that. Uh, I think we saw maybe 80-20 of that yesterday, right? We saw 80% Patrick Mahomes, 20% EB, uh, which is really interesting because we didn't really get to do a lot of plays yesterday because we just kept scoring and we kept scoring efficiently, which makes me think that those were the scripted plays, right? Like we didn't go off off script those first, you know, three, four drives and we just kept scoring. So it, that was interesting to see. And then as as the game progressed, I think because we were up by so much, Pat was like, screw it. Here we go. Rolling out, rolling here. We saw that really nice third quarter, you know, roll into the left, throws off to the right. Um, beautiful dart to Tyreek Hill. I'm just curious. So the only thing that I'm worried about is how much that is going to sustain, right? Because we, because we got so much in the first half, are we going to see this looseness of Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs, or is this game to game? Well, I think one thing that the offense did really well this go-around, they haven't been doing so well this season, was this was really just like a back-to-basics type of offense. You know, Patrick's really been pushing the big play in the home run ball this year, which, you know, it's gaudy, it's flashy, it's cool, but in this game, all they did was they found the soft spots in the defense, attacked the soft spots, and subsequently because of that, the big plays either developed during these soft spot plays, after enough consecutive soft spot plays that you catch them napping, or these soft spots turn into the big plays. And I mean, that's what we saw so much during that Super Bowl run and good parts of 2019 is... It's third and seven. You gash them for 11 in the air, and they run for another two yards. That's a 13-yard play. You know, you, you string right. two or three of those together, and you've almost moved half of the field right there. So that, to me, is what the big play Sexy Chiefs offense looks like. So then finally, when they're forced to cover you on in the inside and in the center, what's that? Tyree Kill single coverage on the outside? Beautiful. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, that's... That that's a really good point because we're rarely do we see any blitzes anymore of Patrick Mahomes. Like maybe we saw it in the beginning of the season, like a little bit by the Ravens, but rarely do we see that anymore because yeah, people are either playing cover two or people are, are double teaming our prominent guys. Like, you know, Kelsey, even though we're doing really well, you know, Kelsey's struggling a little bit. And he's not necessarily struggling, but he's getting a lot of contact. And we saw that yesterday. We saw him get frustrated. I mean, immediately when the ball is snapped, someone's putting a shoulder out there. Someone's someone's putting an arm out on Kelsey. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how we how we handle it, right? I I'm assuming this this is game to game. So we'll see what happens with the Chargers. I'm hoping it's a close game just so that we can see how Patrick Mahomes reacts. Are we going to see a conservative Patrick Mahomes, or are we going to see what we saw 
yesterday because they were up by so much. I hope, my hope is that against the Chargers, I know we're not talking about it yet, but I'll, I'll just precursor it, screw it. Um, my hope is that when we play the Chargers, if it's close, Patrick Mahomes still feels free to do whatever he wants because that's going to be the likely scenario in the playoffs, right? We're probably not going to be blowing out people in the, I hope we blow out people in the playoffs, but realistically, everyone's bringing their A game and everyone knows what we are. So my hope is that he's still free, he's still calm, he still, he still has his mojo in a close game against a very good team so that that is my hope for this offense but I'm, I'm very encouraged because this game was great not only was it great because of Patrick Mahomes but we we finally saw Josh Gordon Reese we he did. actually exists <laughs> I was joking with uh, with uh, um, with our text chain though you know because I watched this game a little later than you guys watched it and everyone's like Josh Gordon Josh Gordon so I was hoping to see this like 70 yard pass down the field you know him just like Derek Henrying like all over everybody um but it was it was a scheme play it was you know it was one of those trick plays to him I mean not really a trick play but you know you had you had trips right and then you had people blocking for him and him kind of going in the middle which makes me feel like I I just watched Disney Plus's Shang-Chi have you seen that yeah I have yep yep Okay, so so it 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 reminds me of Disney hiring Ben Kingsley, who is one of the greatest actors of our generation, and saying, "Hey, you're one of the greatest actors in our generation, but we're just gonna have you play dead during the, like the most climactic scene of the of the entire movie." That's what I feel like we're doing to Josh Gordon where like clearly he still has the talent he still has the size he still you know has everything going but then we use him on like a a, what was it a third and one or a third and goal on the one yard line to convert a touchdown (laughs) I mean whatever gets confidence back in the guy I mean he had another reception or two later on in the game while none of them were that flashy it's like we need him to be flashy in the playoffs not right now we're killing the Raiders you know. Yeah, it's true. So hopefully this is this is the this is not the apex of Josh Gordon. It's great to see. I love it. I was just like, ah, I was hoping to see some like flashy play, just like when I saw Ben Kingsley and Shang and Shang Chi. I thought he was gonna, you know, have this epic monologue or something, yeah. but just ended up he just ended up playing dead with his fake dog. Now the play was kind of the equivalent when Patrick Mahomes has like three touchdowns for the day. Three touchdown passes and like two of them are like, you know, one yard shovel pass up the gut to Kelsey on the one yard line. It's like, ha ha. Yeah, that is yeah. a touchdown pass. <laughs> Give me the stats. It, it counts. Cool. Yeah, it, it'll help my uh, fancy football team. Yeah, get bent. <laughs> Lastly, Reese, let's talk about running back by committee. Um, you and I kind of alluded to that and kind of predicted that before CEH came back. Um, and it looks like it's working, right? They, they kind of for 170 total yards, not a lot on the ground, but a lot in the passing game, which we haven't seen. Um, so that's great. And they scored four of the team's five offensive touchdowns. Um, Reese, one, do you, do you like the split or do you want to see more of one person or the other? And then second part to that question, is do we see this for the rest of the season in the playoffs i would say i like the split so long as we by the second half continue feeding the hot hand and if they're both hot like they were in this game then yeah continue feeding them but that's fine i think i saw some good flashes out of everybody this game which i can't say is the case all the time 
Uh, I got to give a shout out to Clyde Edwards Hilaire. His numbers were not that flashy, even with two touchdowns. But I will say, for the very first time since he was drafted, who's the player he's always getting compared to, Armando? Um, Brian Westbrook. On that second touchdown, that was the first time that I saw the Brian Westbrook thing. The, the way he like did really? that immediately stop, jump cut, and then ran to the outside like he's making a big zigzag L. I'm like, oh, dang, that did look like Brian Westbrook right there. Fantastic. So shout out to Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Shout out to Daryl Williams, obviously, on that screen pass. He took 20, 25 yards to the house. I mean, straight line running, jumped the dude on the end. That's what you want to see, the reckless abandon in your running back. And I also got to give a shout out to Derek Gore, who I still think is criminally underused and undersung on this shout team. Uh, I think he has our best. I, th- I think he has the best vision and potentially football IQ out of all three of these running backs. Not to mention, he's the best at finding the lane and hitting that straight line speed. He's not elite fast, but when he sees the lane he's going to hit, man, oh, man. Explosive. He's, he's so fast at getting to that. So I know they really only brought him in because they didn't want to injure the other two and the game was out of hand. But I do think it's worth dialing up some schemed runs for Derek Gore as these games go towards the postseason. What do you think? <laughs> I think the only person crying after last night's game is Darwin Thompson. Oh, rip Darwin Thompson, man. <laughs> I wanted to be on the D train so bad. It just never came to fruition. I mean, just like, like just like, like Dar- Darwin Thompson obviously like has the heart and like had the, you know, had the, had moments, but like just, just imagine being Darwin Thompson and then Derek Gore coming out of nowhere. And just, he's just like, give me the ball. Yeah. <laughs> like, 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 yes, you're right. He's not the fastest guy, but when he like speeds in between the tackles and finds space, like, that was that looked like I don't know like Derrick Henry like yeah like uh, Dalvin Cook like like they have the same body type and the explosiveness is almost similar. Of course, they're not the same, but moments looked elite. Yeah, dude, he, he's the iPod <laughs> Nano Derrick Henry. He's not as big. He's not as strong. He doesn't hold forty thousand songs, but like he does a lot of the same things in a smaller package. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's got he's got all the great the great hits. Um, yes, I I want to give a shout out to Ch. He looked great. I still think Daryl Williams looks better. I liked what Ch did. I think we saw him play in between the tackles and find the holes, which we haven't seen before. I still think though, if we put Daryl Williams in in those same situations, I still think Daryl Williams succeeds in a better role than Ch when it comes to. Um, having the carries over like being our receiving wide receiver you know or sorry receiving running back um so i would still like to see more daryl williams again we only saw two carries for daryl 10 for ch um i would love for that to to even out and be five and five or whatever six and six um and then like you said get the hot hand because i guess ch had the hot hand like you said two touchdowns i don't know man i was just looking i was just looking and and, and imagining darrell williams in the same situations that ch was in and thinking that it was just going to be even more amazing than what we saw just my thoughts i got a, i got a big question for you uh which three-headed monster is better ceh darrell williams Derek gore or the matt breeder Hasim mostert and whoever the third guy was for the san francisco 49ers a couple years ago <laughs> 
uh the, them a couple of years ago okay fine yeah probably <laughs> yeah 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 definitely and and look it's not because of talent wise but because like that offense is predicated on a three-headed monster right like Andy Reid's offense does not feature running backs. Like, yes, the running backs do well in that offense, but it's primarily who is your quarterback, how can we use him, and and how can we expose that defense with the quarterback. We saw Michael Vick, you know, Alex Smith, Patrick Mahomes. All of it was predicated around those three, even though they had really great running backs. So it's just a different system. Um, now, another interesting question would be if you put C.E.H., Darrell Williams, Derek Gore in uh, Shanahan offense, then what does that look like? I think that is would be a an interesting alternative reality. Yeah, I, I would say the one thing we're missing is speed because I remember one or two of those backs were really fast. Wasn't it? Yeah, wasn't Mostert. It? Mostert was really good. He was fast. Who's the Freed third? Guy? Not that fast. Um, was it Debo Samuel? It was, Tevin Coleman was the third guy. Oh, yeah, Coleman. Yeah, and Tevin Coleman is actually pretty good. Yep, 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 yep. I think I even made the Coleman's mustard joke, but you know what you're going to do. <laughs> and with that, Reese, let's get to uh, briefly picking the score for Chiefs Chargers Thursday night. So it looks like Keenan Allen will be back. We do not know the status of Mike Williams, but let's let's assume Mike Williams is coming back. Uh, and then we have just a slightly banged up Austin Eckler. What do you think is going to happen on Thursday night? Uh, I think Thursday night's going to come down to what the Chiefs can do on defense on third and long. I think the key to breaking this team's heart is going to be gashing this defense. And the way you gash this defense, they will not be doing it on the ground or dink and dunks. We're going to get them into situations like third and seven, third and eight getting pressure on Justin Herbert, but he's going to find some guy wide open at the last second and hit him for like 13 yards. We can't let him do that to us all game because that is Justin Herbert's bread and butter. When you take that away from him, I think Justin Herbert's a very talented but potentially limited quarterback. I think it will also rely on our offense putting up points the way they did the first go-round because I believe they put up, what, 27 first time we played him when we still lost? Uh, Yeah, 30 to 24 last game. But didn't we also have three turnovers inside their 40-yard line that game? It's like... Yeah, the, the, the Ravens and Chargers back-to-back were both games that we should have had. Absolutely. So I don't know if it's because they don't implement a cover two or if it was just the beginning of the year and our offense still had more swagger back then. But that's my two keys to the game. We need to stop them on third and long, and we need our offense to put up points. What do you think? Yeah, I th- I think this game is going to be the best game of the season, and I don't say it in the way that we're going to dominate, but I I mean that we're seeing the Chargers at their best, and we're seeing us at our best. And if you look back at our schedule, we haven't really seen each both team at their best, right? Like Bills just absolutely absolutely decimate us. Um, Chargers and the Ravens, we both have just stupid, you know, tip pass plays. And that's when we start to devolve. All of our other wins are against really good teams, but not at their apex. Where I feel like the Chargers right now are at their apex. They're playing really... Justin Herbert's playing out of his mind. No matter if Keenan Allen's there, no matter if Mike Williams is there, it doesn't matter. Um, This other guy, I think Darius Guyton is his name, is the third wide receiver, who's just been, you know, really successful during this 
this run as well. So now that they have everyone back and Austin Eckler, even though it might be a little banged up, is still amazing. We now have like two premier titans in the AFC that we're seeing on Thursday night. So I'm really excited to see that. And because of that, you're right. This is this is going to be a big game for our corners, right? Hopefully, Legarius is back. But this is going to be a huge Legarius Sneed, Traverius Ward, Rashad Fenton game. This is the doo-doo one, doo-doo two revenge game where we have to see them go toe-to-toe with Mike Williams, toe-to-toe with Keenan Allen, toe-to-toe with Guyton, right? So I think that's that's tier number one. If we can see the bat downs, if we can see them playing one-on-one pressure um, and actually you know covering well, then I think we, we're going to do well. Second is we have to see the semblance of this defense stop the run. I don't care if we get to Justin Herbert. I'm sure I'm sure we will. But we either it, it's it's usually either or with this defense, right? We we either sack the quarterback a ton, but then the running back gets a lot, or we stop the running back, but then you know the the uh, quarterback has five seconds to to throw. So I think what we need to see here is we need to stop the run because that's what killed us last time. I forgot how many uh, yards Austin Eckler had, but I know it was in north of a hundred. So. Those are the two things that have to happen on defense. And then the offense, we just have to see what we're seeing right now. Patrick Mahomes, calm and cool. Patrick Mahomes, in the pocket, can roll out and still in a tight situation, have his mojo. Um, So with all that, let's predict the score, Reese. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to say, man, this is hard. I think the Chargers are going to eke this one out. I think they're going to win like... Wow. 31-26. 31-26. Oh, Reese, you're breaking my heart right now. Yeah. Because you also predicted the Chargers winning the last game, and they won. We don't don't like that, Reese. We don't. We don't. Hey, uh, you give me your final score, then I've got a prop bet for you. (laughs) All right, you got it. I'm going to say the opposite. I say the Chiefs win this one. I think this is the... Uh, this is the national media um, coronation of the Chiefs after this game saying fr- Friday morning they're saying they're the team to beat. Everyone forgets about Mac Jones and the Patriots. We win 31, a close one, 31 to 27. Okay, right, right on, right on, right Which on. Which is almost what you said. That is. Uh, so here's my prop bet for you. We win if this happens, but... Chiefs defense in the front four harassed Justin Herbert all day. Multiple hits, multiple sacks. What would you take the prop bet that we harass Justin Herbert to the degree that he throws a temper tantrum, either in like a Philip Philip Rivers like big old pouty slam the ground way, or something that draws a personal foul and or scuffle? Ooh, because you can see that happening, right? Uh, but Justin Herbert is a lot cooler. Like he's much more calm. I haven't seen him get too hot um, unless I'm, my memory's escaping me. I've heard his voice crack a few times. <laughs> I mean, if, if anyone is going to pull a penalty, it's going to be someone on our team. I think we have way more hot heads than, than the, uh, than, than the chargers have on offense. Um, so I don't know if I would take that prop bet just because I haven't seen Justin Herbert get too hot, but I could totally see like, you know, CJ get into his face and then 
you know, him hitting him or whatever, or, or because like CJ almost got in trouble last game too. He, he had a, um, he had gotten Derek Carr like pretty low. And, and if that was Justin Herbert, I don't know if he would have gotten, um, upset. So interesting prop it. I don't know. I'm just talking like mid to late fourth quarter. He's been hit so much and he like overthrows a ball and like he thinks it should have been a penalty or he gets sacked and like throws the ball at someone's helmet as they're getting up like that sort of thing. I can, I can see him doing that. <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, especially if like Frank Clark is chirping, if like someone like um, uh, Tershawn Wharton, you know, sacks him and then Tershawn's like, remember my name. Yeah. Say my name, or, you know, like, and then he's like, who the hell are you? Or like one of our rotational pieces even gets in there, does a sack, kind of does the BJ exactly. Raji dance. And like while he's turned around, like Herbert like throws the ball <laughs> at his butt or something like that, you know? Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> the BJ Raji dance. That's funny. Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it look other. I think both of us agree, win or loss, it's it's going to be a really good game. I I'm praying that it's not a blow. Actually, I, I pray that it's not a blowout either way, just because I think it's it's good for situational football for the Chiefs to get ready for playoff football. So I just hope it's a close game and we pull it out. We'll see what happens, Reese. Anything fun before the game before Thursday? We have a few more days, or just uh, same as usual, chilling. You know what? Uh, to those of you that have Instagram and listen to this podcast. I want you to find a nice beer for the game Thursday, and I want you to take a photo of that beer, post it on your Instagram, and tag Fountain City Sports Media in that. Would you do that for us, please? (laughs) All right. Yeah, I hope you do. Reese always has the dankest of memes. If you haven't seen, please go to our page to look at the fine designs of referees. It's always a great time. And yeah, give us a follow. We we really want some more follows on Instagram. Um, Check us out. We're going to have a lot more interviews coming up fingers crossed we got a big one in the works um and stay tuned and thank you for all your patronage we'll see you next time we'll see you on thursday let's go chiefs We'd like to thank you for joining us today on Fountain City Sports Media. This podcast is brought to you by listener support, so consider becoming a friend of the podcast. Check out our Patreon page at patreon.com backslash FCSM to gain access to premium content including outtakes, bonus episodes, and exclusive beer reviews. Check out our website at FountainCitySportsMedia.com for more info on the podcast, social media, and of course, the goings-on in the beer industry. Special thanks to bands Carswell and Hope and Like a Tiger for providing our intro and outro themes. And as always, I'm Reese and alongside my good friend Armando, we thank you for tuning in to Fountain City Sports Media. 